on episode 32 of the InsureTech Geek Podcast, talking about keeping drivers alert with an app with Demetrius Thompson from Global Mobile Alert. The InsureTech Geek Podcast, powered by JB Knowledge, is all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. We'll be interviewing guests and doing deep dives into specific technologies that we see changing the industry. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech, so enjoy the ride and geek out. Another week. Another week, another day. Rob, your kids are are in are, they're they're in school now, like in the buildings. In, they are. It's crazy. They're actually in there with their laptop and their headphones, so they're still virtual, but they're off of my Wi-Fi, so that's what I care about. <laughs> <laughs> so they're still they're 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 at the building, but they're separated and virtual. They are. It's like yeah, four four to six kids a class, and they're not all in the same classroom, and they're joining their their. You know, classmates that are at home, so they're still all, all doing the Zoom meeting, but they're doing it in the building. What a what a strange hybrid. <laughs> I don't. It's a, it's wild because it's like uh, every school district has done a grab bag of of their own their own strategy on this. Like, there's no one way of doing it. Maybe it's like the ultimate research study to see which one works the best or something. Who who, who knows? My my kids are of course yeah they're they're full time face to face class of course masked up all day. But uh, they, they've been enjoying, I think they're like a month into school now of face-to-face school. And that's been, been, been successful and uh, they're, having a good, they're having a good year so far. They're happy to be out of the house and out of, out of dad's hair because, you know. They'll... And with, with us today from beautiful Southern California, um, usual not smoky. I, I don't know if it's a smoky day-to-day or not, but he's from the Los Angeles area. Demetrius Thompson, uh, DT, good to have you on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you today? Uh, outstanding. Is it is the the smoke still covering the area, or is it uh, is it pretty clear today? Today, I haven't looked out of my window. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know. This is a true entrepreneur. <laughs> exactly. He's heads down. He's working, man. It's a uh, you know, it's been been interesting over in California. Of course, uh, our thoughts and and uh, prayers out to everybody out there on the West Coast. Uh, looks like the Oregon fire was one hundred percent contained, and so there's some there's some you know interesting wow. developments all over the place. But it's been a uh, Interesting time for anybody in fire insurance, for sure. I know they always uh, they always monitor this pretty closely. Uh, for all our listeners out there today, we're going to be talking about distracted driving. And, of course, we know that has a huge impact. Before we jump into that topic, I just want to remind you, you can subscribe to the InsureTech Geek Podcast by texting GEEKOUT to 66866. That's right. Just text GEEKOUT to 66866. We'll get you on our weekly emailer so you can get the uh, show notes and the link to the the video and the audio. That's right. We are video now, so you can watch video of the of the show. And uh, just make sure you never miss an episode. Back to our guest, DT from Global Mobile Alert. Um, DT, you've got a fascinating background. I just want to briefly talk about you and then jump in to talking about your company. I want to talk about your inventions. I want to talk about patents. I want to talk about safety. All right. The big topic is safety. Before we jump into that, let's talk about you for a second. I think you're you're from Cali, but then you were raised in Seattle. It makes you a Seahawks fan. Yeah. yeah. And we had a little talk about the twelfth man, the twelfth man of the Seahawks, the twelfth man of Texas AM, and that our little connection there. But when you were growing up, what did you imagine yourself doing? And then how did you end up in 
uh, Global Mobile Alert Corporation starting now? <laughs> I ran away from home. Gotcha. Really? Yeah, I ran away from home, moved to Seattle. And my brother told me I had a week to get a job and I got a job and I became a, a concert promoter and I worked in timeshare, did whatever I could to pay the bills. Then I started managing artists and we started booking some of the real big names that were local grunge bands back in the day. And we used to, I used to work at a club called Under the Rail on Fifth and Battery. It was under the Seattle Monorail. And that was a unique experience. And then I got hit by a car. I was uh, on my way to the bank doing a deposit based on a project that we did with an artist by the name of George Clinton. Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic. <laughs> yeah, we know who George Clinton is, the P-Funk All-Stars, yeah. right? Yeah, we got hit by, I got hit by a car, and that was a real painful experience. So I said that's where the idea started. It was a painful idea. And then uh, a year later, after going back and forth to court, I got hit again. And this time I was in a car and we were at a traffic light and it was a guy behind us in a car and uh, he had a pit bull in the car and a um, fire truck passed by. And when the fire truck was passing by, the dog was barking. And when I looked up, I was a passenger, by the way, in that car. And I looked up and I looked back behind me. The dog was going crazy and he disappeared, fell on the guy's foot. The guy's foot hit the gas and he slammed into the car. And I started having anxiety and I just started thinking of a way to come up with a solution. And that was in, you know, a couple of years later. And I had this dream, really, I had this dream. I was walking, no, I was talking on the cell phone, driving, and I walked out in front of myself and saw myself, but something made the car stop. So I became obsessed with trying to figure out what that was. A couple of years later, I was in Santa Monica, walking down the street, and they had that chirping sound for the visually impaired. And that was what I heard in my sleep. Paid a friend of mine some money to write the source code. And when he wrote the source code, we wrote wow. it on this device. <laughs> That's a beauty. Oh, so man. The phone, the phone did not have GPS. It did not have Wi-Fi. We had to put an external GPS, hook it up to a server, and it worked. And then we went to the city of L.A. and got traffic data with latitude and longitude, put that onto a compact server, drove down the street, made a phone call, and it gave us an alert of the traffic light, and the rest is history. Now, for, for those of you who are not watching this on video, DT just held up a pocket PC. I love going old school. I, I, I love bringing it way back, and you just brought it way back. This was a device from the early 2000s that, of course, didn't even have the most basic of chips that uh, exist now in mobile devices, but it did allow you to, to develop somewhat on Windows mobile operating system uh, you know, Windows Mobile, you know, five, six, six, one, six, five, you know, of course, Windows CE, which was a, a pretty challenging. I, I, I had to develop code <laughs> for a lot of these platforms. And let's just put it this way. It was a lot harder back in the day than it is now. So you, you had this pocket PC and now, and now you've got it in a, a beautiful mobile app that, that runs on Android and iOS. Obviously, uh -huh. mobile app development now is totally different when you originally started this. I'd be remiss to keep talking and not just mention the fact that you intersected George Clinton and the P Funk All Stars. Who, I, I am, I am from, I'm from South Louisiana. I, I, my, my, my most famous intersections. I got to have dinner with BB King one time, which I, I will, I will always hold on to the rest of my life. And I, I'm a huge fan of the '90s Seattle grunge scene. So I just want to throw it out there that Nirvana and Chris Cornell and everybody associated with them is a is a huge deal. So I just want to, I just want to give you a shout out for having some really awesome intersections there. And of course, 
that's where the idea was born was on the literally on the streets of Seattle you getting hit twice birthed this idea i mean most people don't get hit once by a vehicle but but twice kind of drove the point home for you right right so so you have this what almost 18 years ago you have or maybe maybe it's 15 years ago you have this palm pilot based device with an external gps and it works it mm-hmm. works what what's been the evolution since then? Because you have five patents now, I believe. You, you've done you've done a lot of work in, in intellectual property development. How has this idea evolved over the last fifteen years? <laughs> well, my lawyers always say it's it's ten years before you get a day of success. So what basically um, I just focused on the technology and the innovation and waited for the industry to catch up. Our main goal is to do safe drivers discounts, meaning we'll we'll try we're trying to connect this with insurance companies and bungle this with other programs that they have available. And then for a driver to use this, they will get a safe driver's discount. Yep. So if that's they, one of our that's our main goal. Yeah, if they drive safely, right? I mean there's that there's that there's always that caveat whenever we say that. Like it's like you you know if if you're if you if you know you're a bad driver you're going to avoid this type of technology right i mean cuz you're actually going to get dinged on your premium but there a lot of people want to reduce insurance premiums and so there's a lot of incentive for them to use your technology and to drop their premium down right correct because in most cases when you want to know that you're getting ready to have an accident yep. that's the question it, it's just, it's like a doorbell if you're watching a game and and Rob and I is getting ready to come to your house you try the TV up really loud. If we ring the doorbell, you're going to hear the door. You're going to get up and answer it. So therefore, if you're driving a car and you're distracted and you hear that alert, like a doorbell, you're going to respond and pay attention. It's it's basically common sense. Yeah. So what, actually, Rob has a really great question about just how this technology works So and what, what the app's all about. Rob? Yeah, DT, I just wanted to kind of have you walk us through. So, you know, obviously things like iPhone, I assume it's the same with Android. They can kind of tell in your motion, like you have to click on it today to say, oh, I'm not driving or whatnot. Like they have some very limited functionality, but your company has a lot more robust functionality. So just kind of want to walk, have you walk people through the distracted driver alert app. What are all the technologies? What are all the things that you're integrated with? How does it work? Basically, we use GPS right now. We're available in 147 countries globally today, seven different regions around the world. We're in nine different languages. I've only been to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. And so that's my bucket list is to go to 147 countries before I die. I would like to be able to see this technology work in every country. Our next goal is to either embed or preload these into mobile devices and also in-car infotainment systems. Um, The way the technology works today is on your app. You can download it. It's free. So you can download it free up until... I'm going to say November, maybe December 31st, then I'm going to start charging for it. But right now, it's about getting the people to use it, have that user experience, feel comfortable with it, pass it on to their kids, and, and make sure everybody get home safe. And so we have alert modes where they can say traffic light in a male voice or a female voice. I use uh Two of my best friends, one of them is Mike Mann. He's the production director for a radio station called KJLH, which is owned by Stevie Wonder. And then Antoinette Russell, she also is like the morning producer for the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Her voice is also one of the voices of the app. You can get alerts of a visual. You can get an audible alert. It's it's just a, a great product. 
And it, it all came to me as a vision. So the only way it's going to be a success is if people like you use it. So I just wanted to follow up. You you mentioned traffic lights. I know you do stuff with school zones and other stuff. So what are some of the, the hazards you mentioned? It's based on GPS, but maybe you can just kind of go through that list of things that the app is aware of to kind of let you know about as you might be going down the highway. If it's a traffic light. Traffic light. School. And railroad crossing. So it gives you those alerts when you're on a voice call. Only when you're on a voice call. So if you're driving down the street, you but you can set it to continuous mode. Say you're driving home at three o'clock in the morning and you're really tired from work and you want to stay awake and alert. This thing will alert you at every light, every hazard. It'll be annoying, but it'll keep you awake. But it mainly only works when you're on a voice call. And so its its goal is to interrupt your distraction because now there have been studies that even if you're hands-free talking on a voice call, you're still distracted because you're on a voice call. It doesn't matter if your both hands are on the steering wheel and your eyes are straight ahead. You're still talking on a voice call. You're not, you're not, you're engaged in that. And so the goal is to interrupt that voice call and to keep you aware of what's coming up. So you have traffic mm-hmm. lights, you have railroad crossings, you got school school zones. What about speed limits? Or what if they're like over max speed or that's not my patent. That's somebody yeah. else's patent. Yeah. So the, the app the app is really geared around like three major things that they need to pay attention to is you know mm-hmm. traffic light at intersections. So this doesn't lock th- does this lock their phone out as well when they're driving, or does it or is it just there no. for alerts? Okay. Just alerts. Yeah, and 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 you know, so I, I noticed in your LinkedIn post uh, a few days ago when you talked about this particular feature set, you made you made a clear distinction between Google and their announcement that they're adding features to alert Google Maps users of traffic lights and terrain changes in the United mm-hmm. States. And you mm-hmm. say, hey, they've got that, yes, but Global Mobile Alert has it: a 1.5 million signal lights, 476,000 schools, 850,000 rail crossings in the database, and of course, 140. Seven uh, countries, and so is that the, the key differentiator between what you're seeing Google Maps roll out is that you have an enhanced database and you're global, and they're only rolling out in the U.S. I, I think we're all open to collaborations and community, and, and we're all working together to come up with a, a positive solution. So Google is not the only company that is doing this. You know what I'm saying? There's Apple, there's TomTom, there's Waze. Everybody's trying to do it, but it's basically who can do it best. And I think we're doing it best. So it would make sense for a company like Google to work with a company like GMA. Yeah. Walk me through the insurance play because the safe driver programs are really geared around tracking all of the activity around that driver from the OBD2 port. They're pulling the data feed off the car. They're tracking the acceleration, the braking, the turning, uh, the G's on turning. They're tracking a, a lot of behavior of the driver and how many miles that driver's driving. Certainly, you're not replicating that. You're you're bringing an, a, an alerting system into their existing app. Is that how this really works when you're dealing with a with a major insurance carrier, where you're saying, "Hey, we're going to bring the alert layer into your existing safe driver app"? Correct, and it's basically it's like just bungle. So we're basically offering a bungle. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of these organizations, they have great products, but then also they have flaws. So if they didn't have flaws, I wouldn't be here. And everybody knows what everybody else is doing. And my goal is to get home safe. And that's whether it's me driving or the other person driving needs to have an alert because 
can you imagine driving down the street and you see a guy on the phone and all you see is the top of his head coming at you at 85 miles an hour and he's not paying attention to you? And in most cases, every time a person on a cell phone has an accident, 70% of the time they live, 100% of the time, the person that they hit dies. Yeah. Those are sobering statistics, right? It's, it's sad. Yeah. Walk me through the data, right? So you, you, you have years of, of, of usage now. How much safer are people when they are using an alerting system like GMA? We're, we're, we're focusing on building out. We're building up that statistical data right now. So I don't have it. So I'm not going to make up something. I don't have that information. Okay. In your in your initial trials, did you did you did you did you study the user behavior? Like, what did you in, in your initial beta test when you had users start to use it? What behavioral change did you notice? I, I only focused on mine. Yeah. I used myself and my friends. Mm-hmm. It was basically me and my friends. We got together. They drove around. They used it. They said, "Man, look, you got to put this on the market. You got to put this on the market." And so what happened was. We were going to collaborate with a, with a mobile provider who was launching an operating system without saying their name, but they happened to get purchased by the company who was giving them the operating system and everybody lost their job. Mm. So therefore, I said, you know what, I'm just going to focus on the technology. And when they're ready, the industry will come to me instead of me going, it, it's horrible to go to somebody and pitch something and they don't know what to do with you. So if they don't know what to do with you, nothing's going to happen. So it's best to just continue to develop your technology, grow your company. And then when they realize like, hey, this guy has what we want. Let's go talk to him. That'll make it worthwhile. In the meantime, I'm independent. I'm giving it away for free. And, and that's just the way it is. Awesome. Rob? Yeah, DT, I, I love the fact that you've really been ahead of the game for for 15 years now. Unfortunately, right through the tragic circumstances that kind of launched you down this path, but I, I love the fact that you know you, you've kind of made this a, a career mission, and it's just pretty incredible how long you've been in this space. Walk me through a little bit some of the the technological advancements. Obviously, we were talking about even the you know pre iPhone technology. You know, you mentioned earlier in car entertainment systems, which are a whole different ball of wax. So, just from your perspective, like what are some of those technological milestones that have um, happened over the the past decade? Do you think we're a lot closer to uh, making your original vision a, a reality now that we have so much? access to so much more technology and that uh, distracted driving is more widely recognized as a big problem. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really a consumer problem, okay? Because see, even though we have a pandemic called COVID, right? No matter what, people are going to pay their phone bill. So, so it doesn't matter. They don't care because, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but if I were to die from using this phone before the corner picked me up, which takes like normally six or seven hours for the, the morgue to pick you up from where you're laying. The cell phone industry does sold another 50,000 to 200,000 phones. So it's, it's, it, it doesn't balance, it doesn't weigh out. Okay. You've never seen a wireless industry being sued because a cell phone doesn't kill people. Okay. I can't point this cell phone at you and kill you. I just can't. But if I'm talking on this cell phone and I'm using it in the wrong way, 
and I'm not paying attention, most likely I'm gonna end up killing you based on my action. So, so we are trying to come up with a solution that can help people drive safely. We're basically making ourselves a virtual passenger. This app is like a virtual passenger. It's like if somebody next to you saying, hey, watch out, there's a light. That's all. Yeah, that's a great analogy, DT. Just I wanted to follow up. What are you hoping to, you know, we talked about the insurance angle. You talked about kind of safe driver discounts. So I'm curious, you know, you and I met originally. We were both part of a, a panel for a regulatory insurance conference. And Eric Nordman, who's a, a mutual friend, brought us together. So just curious what conversations you've had with Eric, possibly other regulators, and how those conversations have been going so far. As a matter of fact, Washington State, the uh, deputy mayor's office for Virginia reached out to us and wanted to talk to us about a Vision Zero program that they have. So we're entertaining that. Eric and I work very well together. Eric was one of the, when I really was getting into this and trying to learn about insurance, Eric was the only person who would take my call. He was the only person. And he was the director of the National Association of Insurance Commissioner. And I would pick up the phone and Pam would answer that call. And the next thing you know, within five minutes, Eric would be on the phone. He will be giving me information that I can use. And even though that man is retired, he's still doing what he needs to do. He's a great patriot. And, and it's people like him who, who's going to help the insurance industry. So we're working together on a plan to try and pitch something in a more positive light to where everybody can, can be a part of it. I, I don't want to just go to farmers. I don't want to just go to State Farm. I don't want to go to Allstate. You know what I'm saying? I want them all to be able to use this because everybody is important. Yeah, I know. It's a tremendous mission. And, and I love the fact that you're focused not just on the safe driving, but specifically really dialing into that distracted driving, which is something that clearly, you know, we all suffer from. Uh, we all get distracted by our, our, our phones as well as, you know, screaming kids in the back and other things. So it's something that we all need to do better until the, the time of autonomous vehicles. So you know, there's a really good series on Amazon Prime. If you haven't listened, if you haven't watched it, it's about a guy who's in an autonomous vehicle and he and he dies because the, the vehicle gets hacked and they, they kill him by, by deviating his autonomous vehicle. <laughs> if you have you seen it? It's, it's where, where he goes. He, he, I forgot what it's called. Oh my gosh! He, he goes and lives in a VR world. He gets scanned. Oh, in. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I can't think of the name. I'll, either, I'll, but, I'll remember yeah. in a minute. You know, autonomous vehicles aren't like the end all be all uh, solution necessarily. Uh, although I will say, I am strongly considering a Tesla Model Y right now because these things are affordable and they they're they're self driving. They got some crazy tech on them. I mean, DT, it's a wild it's a wild world in technology right now because you have. Not just Tesla. Cadillac rolled out Super Cruise this year. Uh, you got you have uh, Audi, Porsche rolling out electric sports cars that have more self-driving technology than ever before. You've got iPads pretty much being standard, you know, or at least large touchscreen tablets being standard. Yeah, the, the TV series, by the way, it's called Upload. It's about people who upload themselves into virtual reality rather than die. You, you, you've got a you've got a a a really wild set of technology coming together. And it's, it reminds me of 2007 and 8 when Android and iOS were first released. You have this wild confluence of technology that, you know, beforehand, D, DTU and I were building apps on Palm Pilot and, and Pocket PC and all, all this other really subpar technology that we were doing the best we could with this subpar hardware. Now you've got amazing hardware, ridiculous wireless networks. We have 5G rolling out. We got Elon Musk both creating a 
4,000 Constellation satellite network that brings bandwidth all over the world, and at the same time launching rockets to Mars, and at the same time creating self-driving vehicles that are all powered by electricity instead of gas. All this is happening all at the same time. And you're sitting, you're sitting here with some really unique intellectual property. What is, what is the next step for you and for driver alerts? Like, where do you see it really going? Because you, you've already accomplished something that most people haven't, and, and that is, you know, school zones, railroad crossings, traffic lights that required a ton of data aggregation, a lot of, a lot of, t- you know, original software development work. What's next? What's in the future for you? We are going to start doing pilots and testing with traffic lights. One of the interesting things that you mentioned is being able to tell what color the light is. And so I, I, would, I would love to know how you're getting that data, so how you can know that it's you know, red to green and to yellow back to red. Like, how, how are you getting that information? Okay, basically, there's a, a, a box, these little modules that are going into boxes, the gray box that's on the side of the road. Yep. Okay, those are control monitor systems, and those control the traffic light. However, let's use Los Angeles as an example. They haven't updated their traffic license since 1983, since the Olympics. So, so therefore, there's no way that I will be able to do signal phase and timing in Los Angeles. But I can use the other one. But with the American Association, what is it? The American Association of State Highway Transportation Officers. Yes. Right. Those organizations are very advanced. Okay. It's a government agency. So us working with those type of agencies. We can get access to different traffic lights, work with a car company, an OEM, to put that technology into a car and then sell it as a subscription to you, the end user. And, and, and what that's going to do is going to change insurance as we know it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's what we're going to do because then everybody will qualify for safe driver's discounts based on that. But I had to plug this book that I finally got back. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. That's great. Well, DT, people can find out more information about your company at what website? Where can they go? GMA the number four dot com. That's the easier way. Or globalmobilealert.com. But mainly if you have an Android or an iPhone, driver distraction alert. Download that app. It's free anywhere in the world. So if you have subscribers anywhere in the world, you have listeners anywhere in the world, have them to download it. Driver Distraction Alert. It's free now. So you best to get it while it's free now because once it gets with an OEM, it's going to be a cost to it. That's awesome. So you can go try that out right now on the App Store. Check the technology out and find out how it's different than really anything that you've been been looking at today. You know, it's not going to lock the screen. You already have the technology on your iPhone that'll do that, but they won't do this. And so go check it out. And think about how this ties into insurance, how this ties into reducing risk. Really neat a discussion and, and a, good, a good reminder that out of pain come many amazing ideas, uh, sometimes severe pain. So we're, we're sorry that you had those accidents, but we're happy that they resulted in uh, the creation of technology that's going to save a lot of people's lives. And so thanks, thanks for uh, joining us. Obviously, uh, excited for your Seahawks. Uh, I'm excited football is back in general. I'm just excited football is back. To be honest, <laughs> and, hey, and, and also, can I provide you guys with an email at info at global mobile alert? So, if anyone out there that's interested, you want to talk about possibly brainstorming or collaboration, I'm open. It's info at global mobile alert.com. And you guys rock. I really enjoyed this interview. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, and appreciate your time. Thank you for, for joining us today. And thank you out there and listener. And Rob, always good to see you on the show. 
Likewise, thanks for making the time, DT. It's so great to have you on. James, always great to see you. Yeah, and before we go, uh, I I know that, Rob, you had a couple of uh, quick news items that we can cover. Looks like uh, Lloyd's of London had some news, huh? Yeah, so just kind of in the news section, they were predicting payouts of up to five billion pounds due to coronavirus. Uh, The chief executive, John Neal, said the first half of the year has been, quote, exceptionally challenging with insurers hit all across trade credit, event cancellation, business interruption, travel, and more. And supposedly insurance is only covering about $2 billion of the, the losses of the claims. So yeah, we'll be hearing a, a lot more. As the virus gets better, uh, the insurance tail will continue on into to quite some time, 2021 and beyond. And then you know the other one I, I kind of, we were talking about our kids going back to school, James. Uh, so in Hartford, the start of school was delayed uh, by a day because of a ransomware attack that impacted the district of about 18,000 students. And thankfully, most of the damage was uh, repaired and the city's uh, half million dollars of cybersecurity improvements that were implemented last year prevented officials from being locked out of the city systems, according to Mayor Luke Bronin. So I've actually met uh, Mayor Bronin before. We know there's a thriving InsurTech uh, community up in Hartford. So shout out to, to you guys and I'm glad that school was able to open. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad they were able to uh, maintain access to their systems. Certainly that has not been the case with many municipalities and school districts that have been hacked. Good to see that. Uh, and yes, we expected there to be a long tail of claims payouts for t- for uh, this uh, nasty virus that, that impacted so many people economically. Uh, there's going to be certainly a lot of legal disputes. Uh, this will be tied up in court, I'm sure, for at least a decade, Rob. It, yeah, duking it out over what was covered and what wasn't, what was excluded and what wasn't. It's an interesting time. But as always, thanks to, to all of you out there for joining us today. Again, this has been the InsureTech Geek Podcast powered by JB Knowledge. It's all about technology that's transforming and disrupting the insurance world. I've been your host, James Benham, jamesbenham.com, with co-host Rob Galbraith, endofinsurance.com. Big thanks to Jim Greenlee, our podcast producer, Kara Dalton, RO creative producer, and Adele Waldeck, our transcriptionist. And thank you for joining us today. We're taking you on a journey through insurance tech. So enjoy the ride and geek out. See you next week. Thank you.